our next episode on the female fist. I have a wonderful guest with us today. We've met before in the ring a couple of years back and we had an amazing smashing show that we went on. She's from all the way across the other world. She is the bronze world medalist. Please everybody welcome Christy Harris. And on a note too, I just wanna make sure that everybody knows I'm not really sick. You know, I've been in the mic a little bit, so my voice is a little raspy. It's allergy season, so I apologize to anybody who's having maybe a hard time hearing me. It's not the mic or anything. But how are you doing, Christy? How was everything? I'm really good, thank you. How are you doing? I'm well. What time is it over there, by the way, in Australia? It is 12. It's during the day, 12 or 9. What about you guys? It's like 10 o'clock in the evening over here in Toronto. Oh, is it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it's easier for you to do it during the day than, you know, vice versa, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah, sure training, right. you're still training right now? Yeah, yeah, still training. How is the situation over there right now with COVID? It's not too bad. I mean, it keeps like popping up here and there. Um, Victoria, where I am, uh, so Melbourne, that was one of the worst at one stage, but they got a lot better. But there was some um, flare-ups in Brisbane and New South Wales, but nothing that's too concerning and that's caused like stage four lockdowns or anything for a long time. So that's promising. That is great. So mm -hmm. I want to rewind a little bit. I'm actually going to really rewind. And yeah. you've been in the boxing game for a very long time. I mean, yeah. you know, you're bronze world medalist, right? You've been to the Commonwealth Games. You've had this amazing, you know, career so far in boxing. And I just want to kind of go through you know, why in the first place? Because everybody always has this really unique story and I love hearing about it. And I want you to share with everybody, you know, why did you first step into this sport? Yeah, okay, cool. So basically I was probably about 14 at the time and my dad met the owners of the boxing gym and he started going down with my brother and he wanted me to go down too. And he dragged me down. He's like, Come on, you love staying fit, blah, blah. So me and dad used to go for runs together and that sort of thing. He had karate background. I've always been obsessed with fitness and training. Like it wasn't like I started boxing because of boxing. It started boxing because I wanted to get fit and do something challenging. I always loved it. Like I used to go for runs at high school at lunchtime and stuff like that. Like <laughs> full obsessed. So <laughs> during high school. <laughs> I was like, this is more productive. I'm gonna do this. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. So I was always like obsessed with lifting weights, doing circuits, all that. And I was like, cool, another way to like um keep my fitness up, bit of a challenge and learn some boxing. Like, cool. But I went in there and I absolutely hated it. I felt really intimidated. Yeah, I hated it. A really crappy time. I was like, you know, you, the only girl in the gym, and I was like really, really shy as as a teenager, like especially yeah. young. I was really shy and timid had like a little like a lot of anxiety and stuff um you but I went in there person that I've ever interviewed that said that they hated their first experience I was like no nah, I'm not going back all of our dad was like come on give it another shot and he bribed me he's like I'll give you 50 bucks if you come for three weeks straight three times a week <laughs> and I was like okay done Count me in. So you did it for a bribe. Yeah. <laughs> for a bribe. Usually, you hear girls like they get bribed to not do it. Like, please don't go back. I'll give you money to not go back. 
so funny. Mum's a bit of a different story. But, yeah, and then by the end of that three weeks, so I loved it. Like I learned because I got more comfortable with like um, being in the gym, le- like met a few people, but beside that, just like learning how to punch and know what to do with this boxing bag that's in front of me, you know, like the, the gym I started at and I'm still at, it's not like ran by a class or anything. So it's like, it's very old school. So you go in, you chuck your five bucks in a stubby holder and off you go. And it's like, it's like you go just go off the battles, off the rounds and then the coach will pull you into the ring if you show you keen and like take you through pads. So like, it's great. I love that gym, but it wasn't like a class. So it's just like standing in front of this boxing bag for three minute round going like, um, yeah. I don't know, do feel silly. <laughs> But, like, once I learned a little bit more, um, I started really enjoying it. So then it sort of kicked off from there. And then I decided to stop all the other sports I was doing. So I'd been playing a bit of basketball. Um, I did judo. That was actually another big one. And I did a little bit of MMA with my brother. Just, just with Yeah, just with a bit of fun. I ended up quitting all those and decided that I wanted to do boxing um, full time. Yeah. And that's funny how you go from hating your first experience while you're doing all these other combat sports and then just yeah. five, now you're just like okay I'm gonna stick with it now yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's funny how like you know that's such a common thing that we always hear right with young girls especially when you're 14 right you're kind of going through this awkward stage where you're just yeah. learning about yourself you're learning about Where your am I? Yeah. yeah yeah and then you already had this obsession with fitness which yeah. is so unique that you hear from a young girl. Usually, young girls like you. Know, like, I'm not gonna go running, let alone do it in the middle of high school. Like you're busy. I don't know, talking to your crush or gossiping or something, right? I don't know. <laughs> what, 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 what do 14 year old girls do nowadays? I don't know. TikTok, I guess. But <laughs> yeah, that's one of the like I really didn't like school. I was always like, oh, I couldn't pay attention. So I, there was a teacher there. Michael Tong and I'm still close with him to his this day he had this program that was like instead of doing normal I don't know if you guys call it VCE but it's like your last two years of high school and it's um but instead I did this other thing called VCAL and it's like still year 11 and 12 I just did year 11 but a part of it was like um it was focused on like uh like more personal development and a big block of it was to do with like fitness and judo and stuff so like he I can thank him for like keeping me in school because like I just did that program and I loved it so yeah it was great that's a great program because I think that sometimes the wrong message is relayed to kids where it's like you have to do everything you know by the book literally it's like everything is and there's some kids like yourself that just keen to the physical things in life a little bit more being active you know doing things a little bit more with your hands or just having your mind always actively working just like how some people are just really good at numbers and they love it yeah and then you get people like us that you know we're really good at physical activity and we love it so that's awesome that you had that opportunity because we don't have that well I mean maybe other high schools are different but my high school we had this uh, program called the Specialist High Skill Major Program. And then within there, you can kind of pick certain things like you've got um, like landscaping or uh, uh, military. And then I chose the fitness. So I yep. did, my courses were specialized to just fitness. So kind of like okay. what you're doing, but we didn't yeah, have cool. judo. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's pretty rare, but no, it was awesome. Yeah. So now you're the four-time national champion for Australia you know, coming from hating your first 
session, four-time national champion, <laughs> Commonwealth Games competitor, yeah. bronze world yeah. medalist, you know, the list goes yeah. on. So yeah. going into, you were originally gunning for Rio, right? In the 2016, you were kind of going yeah. through that. And yeah. to my understanding, that is when you were also coming over here to Canada to get the work in with Mandy. And then we also had our bout. To my understanding, that yeah. was a timeline, right? Yeah, yeah. So the 29 our pre-selections for the Olympics was the end of 2019. So I came over just before that, that you guys were like my preparation for that event. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then to go back a little bit, because when we met, we talked and you were just explaining to me before we got on this live that there is something that was kind of, you know, a little bit of an infringement on your journey in regards to your spine, which is really rare. Can you tell me a little bit more if for everybody about that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So um, I sort of, I don't know if it was, it was kind of a buildup of training and I think like lifting weights, but it's also just, um, it just happens with some people's uh, vertebrae in their back. I got two little stress fractures in there um, and some inflammation and um, one of them slipped forward four mil. And I was like, I've dealt with this pain for a long time. And then I finally did something about it. And the doctor sent me to get a cortisone, which is an anti-inflammatory directly injected into the um, area of inflammation. And it worked awesome. Um, this was probably about in 2018, at the end of 2018 or something, or started 2019. I was like, great, worked awesome. For like six months, it was so much better. And then um, the qualifiers for the world championships were coming up. And I was like, okay, cool, getting ready for that. But my back was flaring up again. It was getting really bad again, you know, to the point where like in the mornings I'm like hunched over and like struggle to stand up. Like, and then I struggle to get down low enough to do my shoelaces up. So I'm like, oh, <laughs> there were all, these, all these heat packs, like pressure going on my glutes before I can even move properly. And, um, you know, like, I suppose some things like that are part of being an athlete, part of being a full-time athlete, but it was getting a bit full on. So I was like, cool, I'll try and get this cortisone again. Got it done. But this time he, so it was three days before the the pre the selections for the world tournament. And he, he pushed in like a tiny bit too far. This is so weird. I didn't even know it was a thing. Um, very, very rare, but he pushed in like one mill too far and nicked my spinal cord which caused a spinal like um and what you call like postural migraines so every time I was standing up um or even sitting up I'd get massive migraines feel like dizzy felt really unwell um it sort of took the next 12 to 24 hours to start building up and then so by the time I got to um the tournament which was in Melbourne so I drove there because I'm from Geelong about an hour away um, it just got really bad and I had to go on the sauna and try and make weight. And then they sent me off to get an MRI while I was there on my head. And um, basically, yeah, all the doctors told me to pull out of the fight and that I need to either lay flat for like three weeks straight as much as I can to try and get rid of it or you can get a blood patch put over it. And they're like, bah, the risk with the blood patch is it's another needle into your spine. So I'm like, I'll lay down, get rid of that. Yeah. So it was a very boring three weeks and it's so frustrating because like you know when you you know this like like when you prepare for something so big and everything's working really well like my last sparring session was awesome I was only like a kilo off weight um, maybe even less like that I didn't make 51 in ages so that was like awesome for me you know I was making weight 
weight and everything was working well. And then I go and do that. It was only was my back that was like really holding me back. So I had to do something about it, but it's just one of those things. It's just one of those really crappy luck things that can happen sometimes, you know, like it was frustrating, but at the same time, like no preparation is a waste. You know, I still learned during that preparation, you know, so like it wasn't a waste. Um, and then I came back and then I might have not ever gone on my own back to come to Canada. So <laughs> <laughs> Hey. I'm so happy that you did, you know, like for my selfish yeah. reason, because I got to go into the ring with such a, you know, such an accredited, such a world-class, you know, world-class athletes, right? Like I always cherish, you know, that fight because you were the one person, you're the highest ranked athlete that I've ever fought in the ring. Yeah. So like, I'm blessed for that. And you'll thank you again for that experience, but just coming back to the back, because even though like, you know, hearing it, like, and you told me this before we got on here, but even hearing it the second time, like I could just like I, I feel for you and I'm so sorry that you had to experience yeah. that but I think it's really important that you mentioned that the preparation wasn't for waste because I think that's really as a high performance athlete we can relate to any athlete can relate to those moments where we've had those critical times at a crunch period I think everybody's experienced something like obviously this was very important but I think um you know, for athletes around the world, they can experience, they can relate to that experience to some degree of having something really important and something that was just completely out of their control, having it kind of unfold. Yeah. And I'm a firm believer that the universe works in really funny ways. For example, like when you're late, this is a very minor example, but when you're late for like an interview for reasons that you just can't control, maybe the universe was working where you were avoiding a car accident. Mm -hmm. It's so, yeah. you know, that we just don't know. So I'm a firm believer with stuff like that. So whatever. Yeah, these can come up, like you just don't know. So, yeah. Yeah, because I think that like, you're such an amazing athlete. You know, I've seen your, I've seen you fight, obviously I fought with you. I think you're just such an amazing athlete with all these incredible experiences and to come back from something like that. So, so mm -hmm. severe at your spine, you know, yeah. hats off to you. And I think that there is still many things that are coming up for you. And I saw recently that you did something to your leg. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, so like, and funny enough, I told Mandy and Steve when I got there, I was like, guys, like, I got a few injuries. Just telling you, I'm really accident prone. Like, <laughs> too crazy. So there was something there that you had to like duck under and stuff. And I was like, and they're like, nah, Chrissy's not allowed to use that. <laughs> so oh funny. <laughs> so yeah, but I know, I know it's shocking. Going back, even before I did the back, I broke my right leg in 2017 which was the year there were qualifications for the 2018 com games and I actually had a couple fights before the qualifiers but still because I was just so over it like it wasn't a fun preparation like I rehabbed a sporting camera a camera like most of the year and then you know everything was just painful and shitty all the time so it was just kind of like draining and I fought terribly at the qualifiers but it was just like I wasn't there mentally because it just being you know and there's so much pressure on me as soon as I broke my leg that's the first thing I thought of I was of like come games like gotta qualify for them so it was just like always and it just did my head in but yeah that happened but 
that was the right one and went through it healed badly so I went through a lot with that to this day it still annoys me I still have to deal with it these days um this is a part of life now but um and then like the back thing but then yeah I went broke the other leg the, last, uh, so it's not even the yeah. same leg as the other leg with the other leg last August yeah so it was like we had a bit of lockdown here we were in like stage three which was like you could leave the house for like three reasons and you could have like two people I don't really can't remember it wasn't like the hectic one but it was lockdown and then yeah when broke my other leg I fell down some stairs like just stupid like because the road was broken at the bottom so my foot like I felt like nosedive into like this broken road and then like went forward so it dislocated twice apparently so like dislocated, dislocated, and I broke both bones on both sides, on each side. So it was like way worse than the other break I did. Um, and I got, and I was yeah, in hospital. My body hospital. hurts right now. Oh my God. And it was, um, I was like hospital for four nights and I got like, you see my leg now, it's ridiculous. There's like a plate, there's like all these screws down the side, there's like wire going across the middle. Like it looked one of my friends said it looked like a tackle box. I was like, like fishing box, so it's got like lure and lines and stuff oh in there. God. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> this is like, like so many accidents, and none of them so, are like boxing related. Like yeah, so, many, so many, yeah, and that's like they're like the three worst ones but like there's, there's definitely been more so oh yeah yeah so no I yeah that happened in August but it healed a lot quicker than um the other one and I just knew that it was really hard at first because I was like oh I can't believe I have to go through this all again like that was how like that first leg and kept me out for so long I didn't walk for like three months um and then yeah I was like I can't believe it but it actually I rehabbed better I knew what to do better I was more aggressive with it. So I didn't try and protect it and baby it too much because everyone thinks like, oh, you got to let it heal, blah, blah, I've got to rest it, which is true. But like the worst thing for me is letting it stiffen up. Yeah. So I had to try and start to move it as soon as like the wound healed up and stuff. So I really push it that. I'm lucky I've got great physio here um, that I'm sponsored by. So I was seeing him like every, every, uh, once a week for ages, um, once the stitches came out and stuff and, had such good support I was like I was like laying in the hospital bed I had the Victorian Institute sport guys calling and like my doctors from Geelong who were just awesome and everyone was just like communicating and telling me all right we're going to do with this surgeon that surgeon chill like blah blah, blah. oh that's so I had a, yeah I had a lot of support around me and I've definitely kept my physio sponsor busy over the years that's for sure <laughs> I was about to say it's probably your favorite. Yeah. <laughs> right wall for the medical team, that's for sure. <laughs> they was just moving. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Oh, he has like a bed specifically just for you. So you sit right yeah, there. Always there. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I mean, that's that's so heartwarming to hear when you have such a great support team because mm-hmm. I know that like when athletes get injured, it can be so devastating. I mean, you had experience with the one leg. So I guess you were ready for this leg, yeah. <laughs> just in case. Yeah, you do things like that, and it does like it teaches you a lot. Um, like you were saying before, if things happen for a reason. Like you know, I used to focus on other parts of your life when your sports taken away from you, right? Because it's your life; it's who you are. But when that's taken away, you're kind of like, 
what do I do? Yeah. So just like started looking at other parts of my life. And so I didn't, like I finished school. I can't remember what year it was, but I was only like 16 or 17. And then I didn't start. And then I started uni, not until I broke my leg and I was like 24 or something. So yeah, it was like, it's, it was that thing that finally pushed me to do it because I was sitting at home and I was like, what am I going to do? And now I'm like, I'm stoked. Like I love studying and stuff. So like you were saying before, it's just like when one door shuts, shuts another one opens. Yeah, somehow the universe always kind of shifts. And I'm, I'm a really firm believer mm-hmm. about that. Mm-hmm. Like, So what, what did you take in school? I started doing, um, what was this? I started with sports science. Now I'm doing um, psychological science instead. So I'm a lot more interested um, in mental well-being and um, stuff. So like psychological stuff. Yeah. That's fantastic. That's another thing that you and I have in common because during this pandemic, I went back into um, university for, I'm trying to get my bachelor's in psychology because eventually I want to get my master's in sports psychology. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. That's awesome. We're we're still, we're still vibing here. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's cool yeah. so yeah with all this stuff now because you know now we got this background and all your injuries that we've you know seen you go through which is crazy i i can't remember so going into this like next qualifier for these 2021 games mm-hmm. and then you had the injury so where did that take you in the qualifying for for tokyo where, what happened here so far so our you know how it goes in the continentals so the continentals all have the different ones so australia is in with asia and Oce- like oceania and so we were the first one to have our qualifiers i think we were yeah so that was the start of 2020 right before covid was about to kick off right. funnily enough it was going to be the qualifiers were going to be in wuhan where it originated from so- <laughs> Oh, here we go. What? Crazy hard everywhere in the world. So me and Caitlin, I know the 75 girl and our coach, we were the only three that were in Thailand at a training camp at this point. The boys were somewhere else. I think they were in Thailand for another part. And the others were staying home to prepare for it. So we were two days away from flying to Wuhan before they said, nah, we're going to, with the qualifiers are getting pushed back or changed or something like both actually getting um cancelled and they're going to get pushed back and changed to another country so because i was like starting to worry and i was like with my bad luck i was like i don't want to go over to this place it's just like this brand new virus has kicked off yeah. so luckily they changed it and then so they were in arman yeah arman and jordan a month later so i had to um finish i think it was top four um at that tournament top four or top six top six and it was all of asia oceania but i i fought and i lost to um chinese taipei and she was the number one seed and um the 54 kilo world champion at that time um so i drew her first i was pretty happy with how i fought i definitely could have done a few things better but i lost to her so that was my first chance um, of qualifying done. So the second was going to be in Paris in May, which was meant to be the world qualifier. So um, because that got cancelled because we had like not even too long ago, we found out um, that that got cancelled. So they went off international ranking points instead, right. as you probably know. Um, and a lot of my points, mainly because of my bronze medal, 
is at 54, not at 51. Okay. So only 75% get transferred over. So it doesn't exactly put me, because I only chose one more from each yeah. continent. The one word out of all of Asia and Oceania, I think the, I can't remember who's next. It might have been the Korean girl or the Thai girl were next in line with the most points. Um, so then I didn't qualify. And we only had one more boy qualify through that way. So we already had three guys and two girls qualify and then we got one more boy qualified by that and everyone else missed out because yeah really frustrating because you didn't actually get to fight for your spot like it's just gone off past events so yeah that's how all that went down but yeah I think like because from the very start it was always like what's going on nothing was sure and stuff I feel like you kind of mentally prepare you're like is this even going to go ahead what's going to happen blah 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 so you kind of like I don't know you kind of protect yourself a little bit well I find I do like you know don't fully get my hopes up about everything still going ahead so when that when I found out that it was really hard because I'd been because when I broke my leg like again first thing I thought of was Olympic qualifiers need to be able to get back to yeah like got told like that was mid-August that happened and I got told I'd be lucky to be sparring by January, February. Wow. But yeah, but I, and a lot of doctors and physios said that to me, but I was like at week 12, I was like 50% ahead of where we thought I would be. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So like I was saying, it healed a lot better and I put so much hard work into it. Um, and it just got back a lot quicker. But, you know, the whole time I was thinking, like, got to get ready for the qualifiers, blah, blah, blah. So, like, punish you. It would have been a lot less mentally hard if I wasn't trying to qualify for the Olympics, you know. If yeah. I just, like, had a job, I had to take some time off and, you know, not being, like, physically active was what I did. It wouldn't have been hard but because I wanted to qualify for the olympics and i went and did that it just kind of made it feel worse and it's this more pressure like it's broken bones sucks no matter what but because i needed myself in peak physical fitness and that happened yeah so it was like it made it harder so then like push through all that train through a broken leg like on the grinder like the skier like Sitting down, hitting the boxing bag, sitting down, hitting the speed ball. picture. You were in a chair, hitting the bag. I'm like, oh, nothing stopping this girl. No. <laughs> Not even a broken leg. <laughs> uh, otherwise, I like, did everything I could to stay in condition. And then I didn't even get to fly from my spot. You know what I mean? Like, it sucks for everyone that had to experience it, but that just added to it, I guess. So that was another thing that... um another thing that's, that was really challenging um, but when they told me I was like really really disappointed but also I kind of had that mental preparation that something might go wrong here because everything in the world is so unsure right now yeah and I think it's like it's really hard to put yourself in that position considering yeah. as you said all these things but with all that training that you did and with all of that hard work that you put into yourself to get ready, like it is truly an inspiring and such a great story for anybody to hear. Like the person that you are now, you wouldn't be 
how mentally strong, resilient, and physically, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think that you would have, if you weren't forced and for, you know what, like we talked about earlier, there is something that's going to come up that you're going to need to be that strong, every of those aspects for, and you're going to be ready for that. And whatever that is going to be, like you're going to be ready for it. And it's amazing that you keep going with that strong mindset because it doesn't matter. You know, there's a lot of world-class athletes out there that would have hung up the gloves halfway through your process a lot. So like super, like, you know, amazing kudos to you. You're an amazing, fantastic individual. I think that so many people should learn from you because that's just amazing with anything in life, all this stuff. Like when you really want something, I, I talked about this uh, with somebody recently that's the difference between motivation and driven because yeah. you wake up and not be motivated to train yeah. but yeah. then you know I'm sure you woke up many times with these injuries and we're like I don't want to go and train like yeah. this I don't feel good yeah. but you show up anyways because you're driven yeah. to that goal it's like I, I want that so you yeah. get up and you go for it no matter what and that like you're a prime example of that so that's amazing And like right now with everything that's going on, because so you haven't qualified for the Olympics and I'm assuming that there's not a window for this Olympics at this point. No. Okay. No, I don't. Yeah, that's too far away from me. (laughs) Okay. And are you, you don't want to do 2024? Is that something that you considered? Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I reckon that'll be too far away from me. Just like mainly because my injuries as well. And like, I have been going at it for a while. Um, but yeah, definitely do need to look after my body. Like I've still got more left in me. I still want to keep boxing right now. Um, and I will for a bit, but I don't reckon I'll go to the next Olympics. Um, it's probably a bit too far away from me. So, you know, it sucks. Like that was my last one that I was really going to have a crack at, but it sucks. Like you said, like just life throws these things at you and everything I went through in my career, the challenges and stuff, like you said, it really, it did shape who, who I am today. And it does make me a lot stronger because when little things come up, like little injuries or little niggles, like I can deal with them a lot better and, you know, I don't sort of freak out about them as much or like with anything in life, you know, like you just kind of like you've got to like look at the big picture, calm yourself down and pick it apart and go from there. And like when I had my I broke my leg, like, you know, my goals went from like qualifying for the Com Games or this and that to all right, I've got to pull my leg out of the moon boot twice a day and try and move it. Like, but I'm so goal driven. And like you said, being driven is more important. So goal driven that I had to have something to work towards all the time. So that's a big thing I learned from being in those positions. You've got to work with what you've got with the situation you're in. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's the yeah. big, probably the biggest takeaway that you're going to have in all this. Did you ever consider maybe professional boxing? Is that something yeah. 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 I recently, my whole career, I've said, nah, not interested. Don't wanna. But there was a guy set up a gym in Geelong recently, um, and he had a fight show in my hometown. I was watching. I'm like, this is cool. It's like I like this. Like I knew a lot, of, a lot of people there. I was like, geez, it might be alright to fight in front of everyone because, like, they don't have amateur fights in Geelong very rarely. Well, I don't think I've ever seen one here. Maybe one. So I was like, oh, it'll be cool and had a little bit of a chat to him, but I think I'm going to just hold off for a bit. I know you can be amateur and pro now, um, but it, it does change a, a few things. Um, 
with what you get access to and things. So I'm going to hold off on it a bit now because we might be having, hopefully a world puts their hands up, a country puts their hands up to hold the world um, championship. So if they go ahead, um, I'll be heading off there. Great. Heading off to, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's amazing. So you still, so you were still thinking for world championships if it happened, yeah. if they host it. Well, that's great. So yeah, you're still going to go for world championships. Yeah. Same it happens. In, that's amazing. Yeah. But then professional boxing is something that you actually see yourself going into afterwards. Let's yeah. Say. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So like amateur for me, I know there's the worlds and the com games are aren't actually too far away too. Like they're just next year, right? For us, like they're around the corner. So that could be a possibility. And then um, yeah, I'd look at the pro thing as well, but I'm definitely just going to wait to see what happens first with these yeah. world championships. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. Yeah. Like, so you still have like all these things that you have going on for you in the boxing community. So this is great that if you're going to go and do world championships and Commonwealth, and then if you go professional, well, you yeah. already have a huge fan base for your professional. You're going to join again <laughs> your teammate there, Viviana. Like, hey, what's up? Hopefully, I get a few people there. I yeah, I would definitely be excited. I would totally tune in and watch it and be like, hey, okay. <laughs> <healthy> girl. <laughs> Wait, did you know Viviana just from like um social media platforms and stuff? Yeah, like I saw her and I saw that she had her pro debut because I was watching like a lot of her amateur stuff. And then I didn't even know that she was doing a pro debut and then it came up and I was like, oh my God, like well yeah. she just did her pro debut during this COVID I would love to talk to her about it I'd love to get to know like her yeah. story because like why not and then yeah, when she yeah. called me everything she's like yeah Christy's like such a good friend of mine like, no way. <laughs> yeah. we fought twice like we fought once um geez when I was it 2017 I didn't really know her then but like super like lovely like like you know um sportsmanship straight up but then I think it was a couple of years later we both were going to um a tournament we went to worlds together and went to a tournament in Europe and um she sat across from me on the plane like on the same row and there's no one between us and we just started chatting and yeah I was like love this girl she's so cute she's so nice <laughs> <laughs> she's so cute she's so nice <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We fought again. Um, we fought again for the pre-selections. Um, so she beat me in the first fight and then we had fought again, both like cracking fights. Um, and uh yeah, I beat her in that one. It was funny, she got out of the ring in the semi-final, um, and I was going in next for my semi-final. And she got out and she just won, she turned around to me and she goes, see in the finals, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I say that on your story. That's okay. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I just laughed at myself and got in the ring with this smile on my face. And it was like, it was such a good fight. You know, it's so weird sometimes when you're competing against people. Like, even you came up and introduced yourself to me and stuff. And like, you just got to be totally cool like that. Like, Mandy, I, tra I came over to Canada to her hometown yep. where she's like famous, right? Yep trained in a gym and then bought her and then she was my coach to you the next week like I know <laughs> boxing's just funny like that but it's you know it takes only certain people can do it and I'm just like it's hard enough as a sport in itself and life is hard enough to add all this other stuff in there and make things personal and this and that like I, yeah 
Yes. Yeah, we her. have like such a small community as women too. Now it's growing so much more recently, like the past, like I'd say five years, I've seen like an exponential growth in women's boxing, which is fantastic. Mm. But yeah. um, because we have such a small community right now, it's so nice when you actually make those connections because yeah. you end up fighting the same person like over and over again. And you know, whatever, when you're in the ring, it's just business, whatever. But if you exactly. can make that connection outside the ring, it makes the whole experience for both athletes so much better. Exactly. You know? And sparring partners too, you know, for bigger, the bigger tournaments and stuff. So you got to push each other up. Exactly. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I think that sometimes, I think because the pool for girls has been so small for so many years I think that it's always been this for a lot of athletes that I see like the female athletes is they almost kind of get this like competitiveness even amongst each other because yeah maybe they'll come down to my weight or maybe up to my weight if you guys are like close and you almost make that kind of distance yeah sad because with men it's not really like that because there's just so many of them like they're probably not going to face each other they could be best buddies and whatever it's just a little different there's that pressure yeah that's right definitely like I got two girls that I fought five times both of them (laughs) yeah yeah because I mean in Canada we have even a smaller population just in general right so like Mm -hmm. the girls that we have to fight like the girl that I'm talking about and we're best friends and we fight uh, like five six times and she lives like three hours far yeah. from me and we go yeah. out and fight and we hug each other after and you know whatever it's that's, it's that's, lovely yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the other girl also, her and i we just don't get along at all but yeah <laughs> it's funny sometimes like i've had girls like that that have been real funny around me and stuff like for no reason but I just like go out of my way to be really nice. And I'm just like, yeah, like, yeah, like, it's like we say, like, why not? This is a small community anyways. You might as well yeah. have some relations. Um, <laughs> like, okay, it's not happening. I'll leave that one. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I get along. Whatever. Like, oh, that was prickly. Okay, but- <laughs> yeah. well I love catching up with you it's been so long you know like I said like almost two years since we actually got to connect like this and just to hear more about your story has been really nice I feel like I know you a lot better on such a level and I really appreciate it is there anything else that you'd like to tell everybody um no not at all just that my experience in Canada was awesome it was really great yeah it was awesome like you and Mandy and like Sid and just everyone I met like even at Mandy's fundraiser that I went to like everyone that was awesome from the people of the hotel like yeah it was just an all-round really really good experience and everyone's lovely there and it's just like I feel like Canadians and Australians are very similar and that a lot of people are just willing to have a chat to like Australia like to anyone and um are really kind so and I love it it's good yeah hopefully one day I, I hopefully one day I have family apparently in Australia so I'm hoping oh. one day to go out there and to meet them and yeah. then we can reconnect again <laughs> yeah. and obviously you know we have our arms open to you if you ever want to come over it was always right. such a pleasure to be in your presence so thank yeah. you so much and where can the audience find you if they want to follow your journey yeah um so Instagram's khboxing underscore 
Um, and then on Facebook, it's Christy Harris dash KH Boxing. Basically, just KH Boxing. Yeah, you find something. <laughs> well, thank you yeah. so much, Christy. And thank you, everybody, thank you. for tuning in to the Female Fist. And mm-hmm. if you want to follow this channel, Talk and Fight on Instagram, YouTube as well, Talk and Fight. And for myself personally, the host, Scarlett Delgado, it's just my name, S C A R L E T T D E L G A D O. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And thank you so much, Christy, for coming on. No worries. Thank you so much for having me. And stay tuned for our next episode of The Female Fist.